You're listening to the Inside Out Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production and powered by Midwest Sports. The purpose of this series is to determine the best American male tennis player at any given point in the open era. To signify which American male sat on top of the American men's tennis world, we award them the hypothetical championship belt. Here's the criteria I used in judging each of these players. Grand Slam titles, year-end rankings, popularity amongst fans, Davis Cup success, success on the American Junior Tour, and last but not least, head-to-head records. Despite the success of the Bryan brothers, John Isner, Jack Sock, and many other American men on tour, by 2015, the majority of American tennis fans found themselves preoccupied with non-American men's tennis players. However, in 2014, a group of young American male prospects took the junior tour by storm. They captured the attention of American men's tennis fans and provided a glimmer of hope in an otherwise gloomy time period. Six years, four Junior Grand Slams, and multiple ATP and Challenger titles later, the group of next-gen American players have reignited the excitement surrounding men's tennis in America. Though none of the players have experienced McEnroe's nor Sampras's level of early career success, each has shown qualities that have fans of American men's tennis ecstatic for what the future holds. The Belt Part 8 Will the next generation grab the baton? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was born October 6th, 1995, which is relevant only because the players I am about to discuss were all born after that date. It is still too early to guess which player, if any, will end the slamless streak for American men's tennis, but the group of Jared Donaldson, Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafo, Riley Opelka, Tommy Paul, and the next-gen Americans have provided hope to an American tennis fan base in desperate need of it. The group first came to the attention of the American Tennis Intelligentsia at the end of 2013. At that year's Orange Bowl, 15-year-old Francis Tiafo defeated fellow 15-year-old American Stefan Kozlov to become the youngest champion in the tournament's history. ESPN the Washington Post, and the Chicago Tribune all wrote about Tiafo's victory and proclaimed him to be one of America's next great tennis champions. 
I don't think any stage is, is quite too big for him. A lot of untapped potential. He's a kid who likes to fight and and that's what uh, hopefully he can hang his hat on. I look for him to do some, some very good things While Tiafo remains near the top of the next-gen American cohort, it was actually Kozlov who produced the next notable result. Kozlov began his season by reaching the Australian Open Boys Singles Final, a final he lost to none other than Alex Zverev. Kozlov carried his success to that year's Junior Wimbledon Final, where he was joined by two other American boys along the way. 18-year-old Noah Rubin dispatched fellow American and 16-year-old Taylor Fritz in the semifinals, then knocked off Kozlov in the final to become the first American since Bjorn Fertangelo in 2011 to win a Junior Slam. All eyes quickly turned to Kalamazoo, where Rubin, Kozlov, Tiafo, Fritz, and the rest of the top American prospects around the country would have the chance to slug it out for a U.S. Open wildcard. The 2014 Kalamazoo field was stacked. In addition to Kozlov, Tiafo, Fritz, and Rubin, players like Ernesto Escobedo, Jared Donaldson, and Colin Altamirano, all highly touted juniors who skipped the 2014 Junior Slams to build their respective pro rankings, had all decided to enter the tournament. Those seven players, along with 16-year-old IMG prodigy Michael Moe, were awarded the top eight seeds. They each made the quarterfinals, in the process legitimizing the hype that surrounded their talent. Ultimately, it was Ruben, the oldest of the group, who defeated Tiafo, Moe, and Altamirano en route to winning the title and completing one of the most successful summers in USTA boys' history. He attended Wake Forest for one year in 2015, wherein he reached the NCAA singles final as well. He has since cracked the top 100 of the rankings, and though Ruben's career has since been stalled by endless nagging injuries, his success set the standard for what could be accomplished for the rest of his American next-gen cohorts. And as good as things were in 2014, they only got better for American men's tennis in 2015. That season, the American trio of Taylor Fritz, Tommy Paul, and Riley Opelka, all born in 1997, dominated the Junior Tour. At the 2015 Junior French Open, Tommy Paul defeated Michael Moe in the semis and Fritz in the final to become just the third American to win the French Open Boys Juniors title since 1975. At Wimbledon, an unseeded Riley Opelka defeated Fritz in the semis and Mikhail Yimmer in the final to capture his first Junior Grand Slam as well. Game, set, match, Opelka. It is a first junior Grand Slam title for Riley Opelka of the United States. The 17-year-old here wins the boys' title at Wimbledon. Too good for Mikel Lemur, the Swede. More American success in the boys' singles here at the championships. And to end the season, Fritz finally got his first junior slam defeating Tommy Paul in the U.S. Open final to make it three slams in a row 
for the American boys. You know, I was thinking about it. It's crazy. Uh, you know, I wanted it so bad just because I wanted to win a Junior Slam so bad. And I was just thinking it's, it's not going to be easy because I have one chance to do it. And when you want something so bad and there's just one last chance, there's a lot of nerves and, uh, you know, anything can happen. And it's, it's the perfect ending. I can't, I can't believe I actually got the The trio ending. all entered Kalamazoo as the favorites, joined by their contemporaries Mo, Kozlov, and Tiafo at the top of the field. I actually went and watched Kalamazoo in both 2014 and 2015, eager to see for myself if this group of prospects was worthy of the praise they had been receiving. For the second year in a row, this group of players lived up to the hype. All six favorites reached the quarterfinals, with Tiafo and Kozlov advancing to the final. What happened next is best recapped in Colette Lewis's Zoo Tennis blog, but in summary, Tiafo defeated Kozlov in an epic five-set thriller. By year's end, Tiafo, Kozlov, Tommy Paul, Ernesto Escobedo, Noah Rubin, Taylor Fritz, and Jared Donaldson, all under 20 at the time, had each cracked the top 400 in the professional rankings. It was only a matter of time until someone broke into the top 100. The question was, who would do it first? And in 2016, we got our answer. Taylor Fritz ended 2015 on a hot streak. After his U.S. Open victory in September, he became only the ninth player in Challenger Tour history to win multiple titles at age 17. He carried his momentum into 2016, winning a Challenger title in Australia and jumping into the ATP Top 150 for the first time. As a result of his success, he received a wild card into February's ATP 250 in Memphis, and from there, things really took off. He became the youngest American to reach an ATP final since Michael Chang. Though he lost the final to Kei Nishikori, a few weeks later, he became the first of his next-gen American cohort to crack the top 100. Though Fritz was the only young American to reach an ATP final during this season, Tiafo, Kozlov, Escobedo, Opelka, and Mo also all won challenger titles in 2016. By year's end, nine of the group had cracked the top 300, and Donaldson and Tiafo had joined Fritz in the ATP Top 100. Seven different next-gen Americans all won main draw matches at the ATP level this season. Nine of the group progressed inside the Top 100, and Tiafo, Donaldson, Escobedo, Paul, Eubanks, and Fritz all reached the main draw of that season's U.S. Open. At the 2017 Cincinnati Masters, Jared Donaldson knocked off 12th-seeded Roberto Bautista Agu, as well as Nicolas Basilashvili, to reach his first quarterfinal at a Masters event. In March of 2018, Donaldson became the first of the group to crack the top 50 of the ATP singles rankings. 
He has since been joined by Tiafo, Fritz, and Opelka inside the top 50, and it is those three men who have really carried the torch for this next generation of Americans. In February of 2018, Tiafo became the first of his cohort to win an ATP title, knocking off Del Potro, Hyun Chung, Denis Shapovalov, and Peter Gojewicz to win his first ATP crown in Delray Beach. A little under a year later, Opelka joined Tiafo in the winner's circle, riding the momentum he had built at the end of the 2018 season to win his first title in New York. Opelka earned his second ATP title one year later, knocking off fellow American Mackie McDonald, Sunwoo Kwan, Milos Raonic, and Yoshihito Nishioka to earn his second career title in Delray Beach. However, while they achieved their success first, there's no denying the most successful player of the next-gen American cohort has been Taylor Fritz. Despite being the first of the group to reach an ATP final in Memphis, Fritz struggled to find his footing on the professional tour. However, by the summer of 2019, Fritz was clicking on all cylinders. Fritz won his first career title in Eastbourne, knocking off number one seeded Guido Pea, Hubie Hercatch, Kyle Edmund, and fellow American Sam Query along the way. He followed that result up by making finals in Atlanta and Los Cabos, and in August of 2019, became the first of the American next-gen cohort to crack the top 25 in the singles rankings. At the time we're recording this podcast, Opelka, Fritz, and Tiafo are the only American men born after 1995 to win ATP titles. However, it feels notable that 13 other American men born after 96 have won challenger titles on tour. 12 of the next-gen cohort carry career-high rankings inside the top 200, and it's clear that guys like Fritz, Opelka, Tiafo, and Paul possess the skills and talent to sustain long, successful careers in the top 100. Though they have yet to have the success of their predecessors at the Grand Slams, it is clear that the future is bright for this group of next-generation Americans. And while we do not know which player will have the best career, one thing is for certain. Even if no player in this group can capture a singles Grand Slam title, it is clear that this generation will take hold of the belt and hopefully in the process, capture the attention and support of American tennis fans the way their predecessors Ash, McEnroe, Sampras, Roddick, and others did before them.
that'll do it for our first season of the Inside Out podcast. We covered the belt, our look at the best American men's tennis player at any given point of the Open era. Before we wrap this season, have to give one last group of shout-outs. Shout-out to Blue Claw Music again and Thomas Ackley for their song, America Beautiful Hip-Hop Track Remix, which you have heard used throughout this first season of the Inside Out podcast. To find more of their work, go search them on YouTube and again, such a big thank you from our Crack Rackets team. We also have to give a shout out to the ATP Tour, the US Open, and the Wimbledon media teams for access to their clips in this final episode. That'll do it for season one, though. We hope you enjoyed this series, a different podcast than the rest of our Cracked Rackets content. If you like this sort of deep dive podcast, you can rest assured season two is already in the works here at Cracked Rackets. We're going to change things up a little bit. Season two is going to feature a college tennis topic near and dear to the hearts of so many college tennis fans over these past 20 years. The topic we're talking about is one of the main reasons I became invested in tennis and we are so happy to get that series going. But I have to give one last shout out to our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, who killed it in season one, kills it in all things we do cracked rackets wise. We hope you enjoyed listening and we hope you will continue to listen to our newest series, the Inside Out Podcast. <laughs>